show is brought to you by Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your, your host, Hurricane Age, and a new day, new show, a new topic, but not a new guest. Uh, actually, our guest today was with us a couple months back, and we've touched on a topic that is important for, you know, the, the world, actually, I would say, uh, specifically the ladies. We talked about menopause and, uh, you know, what is menopause and how it affects people and, and women specifically and the environment. But, but today, we're going to take that to the next level. We're going to talk about, you know, some of the things to do to, to, to manage the weight during this particular, you know, phase and how to really stay healthy, uh, you know, overall. So without any further ado, I have with me Alison Blood. How are you, Alison? Welcome back. Oh, thank you so much, Hoken. It's, it's a pleasure to be back on your wonderful podcast. So thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you. And I know we have a six hours difference. So we try to make this work and we made it. So I'm glad that it happened. And, and, and really, um, just as I was introducing, I mean, we had a great show. We talked about menopause and, and maybe you and I, we, we were laughing earlier about the fact that, you know, people like, well, you're talking to, to, to a host as a guy about menopause. And, you know, we had, you know, a little blessed about that because I, I always believed that, you know, men are part of women's life and women are part of men's life and we need to to be part of it there's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing not to to talk about i think you know uh we need to to be as clear about it and and be able to understand how the dynamics work because you we interact with women you know just as, as much as women interact with men day to day right so that was one of the the, the the little fun discussions we had and you know there's there's nothing wrong with that i i believe that's a, an important piece so men out there hey you know it's okay we can do this <laughs> um so 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 allison welcome back again and uh I know last time we talked about menopause and, and the different dynamics of menopause. If you don't mind, just 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 briefly, we can just break that down. What is you know, menopause in general, perimenopause, and all that, and then then we'll we'll lean into the idea of some of the conditions that come with menopause and how we can do that specifically related to weight. Yeah, sure, Hurricane. Like I say, thank you. It's lovely to be back again talking to your to your listeners. Uh, so menopause. Um, Menopause is it's basically broken down into three stages. Uh, and it's, it always surprises me with a lot of my clients, a lot of women, we still don't really totally understand, you know, what this is. We think we do. And when we come into perimenopause, which starts roughly around the age of 45, you know, a lot of women don't, they just put it down to maybe their stressful lives or they're tired or, you know, they've got a lot going on these symptoms just creep in there without you really thinking that you could be in perimenopause. So perimenopause is the first stage. And that, like I say, hap happens roughly around the age of 45, but it, it can happen earlier. It can happen later. And this is really where your hormones start to fluctuate. 
you're, you're still ovulating, you can still become pregnant, but your hormones can be all over the place. It's a bit like a roller coaster. And that is really what can trigger off some of the, the symptoms like the, the classic uh, hot flashes, the, the weight gain, irritability, you know, mood swings, sleep problems. All those things tend to creep in during perimenopause. And perimenopause can last. It, again, it's very individual, but till the age on average 51 and that's when you actually go into what we call menopause. And menopause is when you haven't had a, a menstruation for a year. So when you haven't menstruated for a year, you are then actually in menopause. And that means that you're no longer going to ovulate. You're no longer fertile. And then all the time after menopause, you're actually in what we call postmenopause. And postmenopause is, is the phase that you will be in for the rest of your life. Uh, so you're not your body does still produce a small amount of estrogen, but you're, you're not ovulating anymore and you can't become pregnant. So they're really the, the three stages. But it is very individual on, on when these stages start uh, for, for women. Well, thank you Alison, for breaking that down, you know, just the basics. And, 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 I, and that's a simple way to, to understand it. I think for all of us out there, you know, it's you got a pre, you got a, you know, during or the main event, and then you have the, the longer part, which is, I think, what we're going to focus on today, because uh, the challenge is, you know, when your estrogen, you know, is low, where your body is, is going through these changes, you know, uh, the dynamics of how your everything works changes. Your, your muscles, your, your fat gain, all the stuff, you know, is, is a challenge. And I think uh, weight management and weight discussions are just general. I mean, we talk about them in every aspect, right? You know, whether it's through fitness, wellness, health, you know, uh, nutrition, that's usually always a topic that comes up one way or the other. Uh, and, and again, menopause has a factor to do with it. It has to do with metabolism. It has to do with all these and the hormone changes in the body. So let's break that down to our audiences. How does that whole dynamic work? And, and then how can we potentially assist people or guide them to, to manage it well? Yeah, it, it's such a um, large area, really. When we, when we talk <laughs> about weight management, we talk about perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause. There are so many different things coming into play here uh, that, you know, not, not all women gain weight, but it is, I see with a lot of my clients that that is something that a lot of women want help with. Because even if you've been, you know, uh, haven't had weight management problems in, in, you know, when you were younger, all of a sudden can just, you know, you're doing the same things, you're exercising and, and eating the same foods, but it can just suddenly just creep on predominantly around the uh, abdomen area. What we have to think of here is that estrogen is what we call a master hormone, and it really is um, or does work with our metabolism, amongst many, many other things. You know, it promotes good um, insulin utilization in the body. Uh, it really makes like a homeostasis level of all metabolic functions in the body. So when estrogen levels start to decline, like they do in uh, perimenopause and menopause, you know, it can lead to a lot of different functions or metabolic functions slowing down. So when we look at, at weight loss, one of the, some of the reasons that, that we believe that, that women put weight on is the, the one main thing is to do with um, insulin resistance. 
So this is going back to blood sugar balance because estrogen is a hormone that helps us utilize insulin. And, and insulin is, is a hormone that when we eat carbohydrates, like refined carbohydrates, this gives us energy. And this is what gives us, raises our blood sugar levels. But we don't, you know, the body doesn't like that. We don't want high blood sugar levels. So it then releases insulin, which is a hormone. And insulin is like the, the key to the cell. So it opens up the cell and allows the, the energy, which is the glucose that we've got from the carbohydrates, to go into the cell so we can use that for energy. But what can happen with estrogen or the lack of estrogen is that we don't become, we become less sensitive to insulin. So this means, you know, that the cell doesn't open up like it should, the key's not working like it should, and your blood sugar levels remain higher. And, you know, if this is left, then we can move on to something called insulin resistance. And then that in turn may lead to diabetes too. The reason I'm explaining this is because insulin is what we call a fat storing hormone. And if you've got high insulin levels, because you maybe eat a lot of refined processed foods, you will find it very difficult to lose weight because it stores fat. Your body doesn't burn fat when you've got high insulin levels. So that's a really key uh, factor for everyone in general, but it comes into play even more when, when we're in uh, perimenopause and, and menopause. But one thing that I will say about weight uh, management is that we can't blame it all on the menopause because it's also a natural part of the aging process that our met metabolism slows down and we lose muscle mass. And muscles, we want muscles that, you know, they're, they're so important to our body because they use a lot of energy. They, they increase our metabolic rate. So really key thing is to keep your muscles, you know, eating protein is, is, is very important and doing strength training. You know, you don't have to go to the gym for two hours a day, but really doing exercises that will help keep that that muscle mass uh, on the body is, is crucial for weight management. Because if you've got more muscles on your body, you will actually naturally use more energy. Uh, our fat mass does, does increase as we get older and we can become less active. As we get older, we maybe haven't got as much energy. Uh, it's very typical with, with during menopause that, you know, we, we lose our confidence. We, we don't feel as good. We're maybe suffering from depression, which it doesn't really stimulate you to go out and exercise or, or do active things. Uh, stress, <coughs> excuse me, is a key player in uh, weight management as well because of the stress hormones again cortisol is a stress hormone and that is a fat storing hormone as well so there's loads and loads of things that come into play hunger hormones as well oh. <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's okay so so, so wow I, it, it's a lot of stuff you touch on ellison and, and and a couple of things <clears throat> that that are clear is that you have we have a little bit of exercise we have a little bit of nutrition piece here we have a little bit of of you know non-stress <laughs> that we have to kind of work on but also there's to your point there's something that could be beyond this because this is not you know you can have 
uh, not everybody is, is built equal, right? And, and there's genetics that could be also involved in this process. There's also your history before you get to the menopause, right? I mean, whether you were active or not active, where were you, to your point, uh, how much uh, refined sugars you've been, you know, in, in, intaking, you know, before, you know, you get to that stage or not. All these things can make a huge difference in whether you can cope better and what the outcome will be at that point, right? Am I getting that correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Hargrain, totally correct. It's, it's, you know, weight management, if there's so many different pieces to the puzzle, there is no, you know, it's proved in research that, that uh, fad diets, you know, real calorie reduction diets don't work. Okay, you, you will lose weight initially. But then once you stop that diet, then you will start eating normally again and it most likely put all the weight back on and maybe even more. So it's, it's, it's all about mindset as well. It's so important that, you know, you really think, I am actually going to choose to eat nutritious foods because it's, weight management isn't something that you just do for a couple of months. It's a lifestyle and it's, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's just really healing the body and removing all the non-nutritious foods that we have in our food in, environment these days and, and eating foods that what, what I like to say you want to eat foods that turn you into a fat burning machine whereas if you eat high carbohydrate refined processed foods you don't burn fat mm. you know you going back to what I was saying about insulin you you store fat so just being nice to yourself and realizing if I want to manage my weight, I just have to be aware of what I'm eating and choose foods that are nutritious. <laughs> that sounds easier than done, right? You know, I mean, it, it, it is easy. I mean, it, it's not it, from, from hearing it, it's possible. We can all do this. I think the problem is we have habits uh, we have also conditions, condition, conditional environments that actually we are part of, uh, even culturally, you know, sometimes that's, that's an impact. There's an impact there. I mean, if in, in some societies right now, eating outside or like, you know, in restaurants and, you know, outside food versus like home meals and home cooking is more you know, relevant and, and relevant. And therefore, you know, people tend to eat, you know, higher, you know, again, you go, I don't know. I love Italian food. So pasta is kind of like, you know, a big deal. Uh, I, I love some other types of food with, where rice is, 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 is available and those are carbs. Uh, you know, I have a sweet tooth then I do a little bit of sugar here and there. Uh, you know, we, you know, you go to a restaurant, there's always a dessert menu and you can always say, you cannot say no to it. So, so it adds up to it. And, and again, your level of activity to your point, you know, whether, you know, not everybody exercises at the same rate. I'm talking before menopause here, right? And, and, and even during and even post. So if you are used to doing certain things and, and it's also a commitment and habit and almost like, you know, behavior that can, can impact how well you do. Now, that being said, even if you had bad everything in the past, there's doesn't mean, I don't think it means that it, you can stop. You can start at any given point, but you mentioned something about diets, which that's where people usually get stuck. You know, oh, I'm just going to stop everything on diet. And, and you said a very key point right now is that diets work, but how long can you be on a diet? 
<laughs> you know, it's it's like you know, intermittent fasting. Fasting works, you know, because it is standard. I mean, your body is deprived from food, and it just has to use whatever energy it's in body. So it kind of burns a little bit, kind of more or less the, the concept. But but then you know, how long can you do this for? Is it a day? Is it two? You can do a month, two months, three months. Eventually, something is not going to be right, and then you're going to feel that you want to go back to your normal, or you're going to stop. And then, to your point, you're going to gain back all that stuff. It is a problem. I mean, this this debate and discussion about diets and the type of diets do they work? And do they work by themselves? Uh, do you have to combine them with regimen of some sort of fitness? What kind of fitness? You said it. If we need to build muscle, you don't have to really, you know, lift weights. You can do, you know, resistance and training and all this stuff. So there's ways to do this, but it's it's all of the above. I think we have to think about a full picture, and and really you have to have all these foundations together to be really maintaining. Otherwise, if you drop a couple, you know, you're not going to get the result that you want, and therefore you're going to have problems. You mentioned something about stress, society today just by default, creates a stressful, very stressful, you know, environment. I mean, we've gone through a pandemic. Uh, we have a, a World War III that is looming around right now with, with you know, discussions that are scary. You know, people, this, whether we want it or not, whether we like it or not, it is impacting everyone and we hear it and people are not sure about the future. There's, there's economic stress because this also affects the, econo- the, the economical environment that we have. The environment is also have, having issues right now. So, all this stuff is really a big problem that we have and we face. And these are real things. And some of them maybe are newer than, than history because, you know, and maybe in history, we have all these elements together every now and then these things pop up. But, but nevertheless, at any given moment, these things happen and we have to deal with them. And, and, and to your point, and we're talking about, this is, we're talking menopause, but this is for everyone, right? Uh, but specifically for women that are going through this stage where the body is transforming, there's a change that is biological change and, and there is an impact. There are certain things, there's functions that are actually stopping. You know, there's things that are changing and 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 certainly it's going to change, you know, the way you have to think. And, and again, I can't speak for it being, being a man, but, but I can tell you, I mean, I've seen that, for example, with my mother, I have seen her transformation and, and yes, she did develop, you know, diabetes eventually, and she did gain weight and, and she can never drop the weight uh, with exercise, with nutrition, with all the stuff, medicine is still not able to drop and the weight just keeps going. And that's, that's a challenge. So I've seen that, you know, firsthand and, and I know it literally, I mean, it's funny because I, I don't laugh at me, but, but it coincided exactly about menopause <laughs> and, 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 and we know about this through, you know, because I take her to doctors and all the stuff. So, so I was aware of when that happened and that's exactly when her diabetes began. I mean, literally it was the same year. So I can, I can relate to it from that experience. And, and it's, it's, it's scary to see the, the progression of all this. And at a point she was still active and, and she was mindful of her food and everything She maintained for a, a, a long time. I mean, it's 30 years you know, in the making, but, but as, as she gets older in age, this, this has become more difficult to your point, very difficult to, to do things and activities and even get out. Uh, just, just, just once you get to a certain point, it's like your body is not helping you, you know, the weight is, is also put on. It's very difficult and that's not something we want. And I think from this platform, what our objective Ellison, you know, today is to help ladies, you know, not get to that point to actually live vitality, happy, you know, uh, and, and enjoy those, those, those years and, and enjoy, enjoy them to the fullest. So, so let's talk about that. Now, now we, we identify all the different problems <laughs> that, that impact that. Now, what is some, based on your expertise, what are some of the measures that we can do uh, and ladies can do to, to mitigate some of this and kind of work towards a better future from that point on? 
No, I mumbled a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, it's a, a, a great question. There are many things that you can do. Uh, and it, I think, like I said before, I think the first thing that you have to do is just say to yourself that, you know, I want to live a healthy, happy life when I'm in this next phase of my life for the next 30 years plus, you know, and I have you have to look after yourself a little bit more. And what you want to think nutritionally wise is, like I've said before, really try to cut out all the sugary processed refined foods. If you see a food like a package that has more than a couple of ingredients on that you don't know what they are, then they're not going to be doing you any good. The majority of really processed refined food has no nutritional value. And I totally appreciate, and you, you said as well, Hurricane, that you know we're we live in an environment where it there is just food everywhere and it is processed food and sugary foods and it is delicious. I mean, that combination of sugar and fat and salt that, you know, these big food companies aren't stupid. They make these foods so delicious. So they become addictive. So to, you really have to be quite strong in the beginning to think, no, I'm not going to choose that. I'm going to buy a whole food instead. And when I say a whole food, it doesn't have to sound scary it's just basically you know if you eat meat it's a chicken you know that is a whole food when you look at a chicken you know that that's a chicken it's not got a list of ingredients on the back when you look at vegetables you look at broccoli or cabbage or, or whatever you're eating it's just one ingredients you don't have to make it difficult you know just buying foods that you know what they are if you don't know the ingredients on of a back of a packet don't buy it and I also appreciate that you know we all have to have a life and we're, none of us are perfect it's okay occasionally to treat yourself to something delicious you know a sugary uh, snack or whatever it's all about moderation and it's all about a varied diet but key to controlling blood sugar levels and insulin is getting rid of all the very uh, rich carbohydrate, refined carbohydrate foods that just shoot our insulin levels up. And that is, you know, if you get rid of those sort of foods, then that will be extremely beneficial for weight management. But another thing that you have to think of is portion control, because as we get older, we, we can't eat as much as we did when we were 20. You know, as, as I said earlier, that the, your metabolism slows down um, so if you're eating the same amount of food that you ate when you were younger, you know, you probably will put weight on. So you really just have to think of not eating quite as much and maybe not snacking. We, I think in today's society, we have a tendency to what we call graze all the time. We're like permanently eating and our, our bodies weren't actually made for that. It's okay to have time between meals you, you don't have to be snacking the whole time. I mean, intermittent fasting has actually need more research is needed, but the research that's coming out is quite fascinating on, you know, time restricted eating, how beneficial that is to the body and also for weight management. And again, that doesn't have to be something complex. It could just be as simple as making sure that you eat your evening meal and you stop eating by seven o'clock in the evening and then you don't eat anything 
till seven o'clock the next morning, eight o'clock the next morning, because then that's quite a few hours in between that you're not eating. And that really gives your metabolism, your body chance, chance like reset. It's, it's fascinating what happens when you actually let your digestive system calm down and, and not, you know, work all the time. So snacking is something when, when we're talking about weight management that you really, you know, don't need to be eating constantly. What when we when we look at food, a, a Mediterranean style diet has been really been shown in studies to be very beneficial for weight management and, and health. And that is eating again whole foods, like your white meats, fish, uh, vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, all, all your wonderful healthy fats, red meat, but not so often. But they just eat food. They don't eat all this processed, refined food with with lots of very odd ingredients in. You know, your body doesn't recognise what these foods are. And there's no nutrition, nutritional value to these processed foods. You know, and, the, and then what you want to think about is stress management, as, as I was saying, because that is so, so important for weight management. It really is. If you're constantly stressed, which I appreciate in today's society, with what you were talking about earlier, Hurricane, it's not, it's not easy for us, is it? There's a, there's a lot of things against us because we are, majority of society is chronically stressed. But I think you have to really just sit back and think, I'm going to look after myself. Mm. Okay, there are many things going on that are stressful, but I have to try and manage this for my own health. Something like deep breathing. Just doing, if you feel that you're getting stressed or overwhelmed, just sit down and do a couple of minutes deep breathing. So effective. Your body actually can't become stressed when you're breathing deeply because it sends signals to your brain that, that everything's okay. Drinking water, crucial for weight management. If you feel that you're hungry, it, it can also be a sign that you're dehydrated. So drinking water can actually curb that hunger. So it's it's... It's so many different things that we need to put in place. But I think you really have to just be kind to yourself and think, I am going to look after myself. I'm not going to eat these foods that are non-nutritious and just will cause inflammation in the body and make me gain weight. I'm going to choose foods that are nutritious and will feed my body. So it's not about restriction, you know, that you can still eat delicious, nourishing foods. It's just about choosing the right sort of foods. Wow. Thank you so much for breaking it down. And, and it's amazing. I'm listening to you and you mentioned some, some key terms. Uh, well, one, you talked about the, the idea of whole food and, 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 and some people, and you mentioned chicken, but did, you, you're going to get into that discussion where, what, well, chicken these days are full of hormones and they're not, they're farm raised. They're not, they're not actually free range, whatever. They're not naturally, you know, so you, you're going to have that discussion. And again, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but, but to your point, it's still better than, than, you know, what's, what's multiple ingredients you cannot pronounce. <laughs> so, so that's one, one piece of it. And you mentioned something also about portions uh, and, and, you know, you're like, you're lucky you're in Europe. I mean, I think, I think when you go out even to a restaurant, the portions are still decent come to the States and the portions are humongous. I mean, they're gigantic, you know, plates. I mean, you cannot finish those plates. Most of us take, you know, food to go after you finish a meal because, you know, it's just too much. Uh, and, and it's amazing. It's part of it. I mean, you pay for it. It's all good, but, but the fact to your point, when you have food in front of you, you tend to eat it. <laughs> you know, it's it's like if you have a full plate, you're just going to keep because you want to finish that plate, right? And we all grew up with them and tell finish your plate, right? And so 
Or at least most of us probably did. But but the fact is, those are like key elements to your point. You can still enjoy things, but but if the portions are smaller, you can actually indulge in those things and not have the same intake that you would take the other way. Also, you mentioned something about the snacks. And, uh, you know, again, we live in a society of snacking everywhere. It's snacking. You go to to any store, right? You walk into to pay. That's where all the snacks are, the, you know, the sugary and the salty and all the exciting stuff. And they all taste good. And, you know, you stand there, it's like that compulsive, you know, uh, uh, buying it's right they, they do it marketing has designed that you know for a purpose to be in there as you walk into that cashier and you're like oh let me just grab one of these and maybe you can snack even before you get to pay that's a problem and, and you're right you're watching movies and or stand home you know you can just like you know munch on some stuff and those are in between now the, the that's that's it dangerous you know place because to you, you what you said earlier about you know you not only you want to have your body kind of stop and, and, and do stuff. And you talked about, you know, the intermittent fasting. I actually, I, I, I was born in, 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 as a Muslim and, you know, so I fasted all my life and I know exactly what fasting looks like, you know, for 12, 13, 14 hours. But one of the benefits that I, I do understand and I feel every time uh, when, when the month of, you know, fasting comes around is that, you know, it's a great detoxification, you know, period. I mean, you do feel the difference and there is no doubt. I mean, and, and I think that's, part of what intermittent fasting is. I mean, we do it by default because we're, you know, it's part of the belief, but, but really uh, now it's becoming, you know, a trend because of, of the health benefits of it. And it is interesting because it does give you uh, your liver and all your functions, the ability to kind of pause and your body's just basically taking everything out that is not necessary. And to your point, if you do what you said, take the right ingredients in the first place, you have very little detoxification to do to start with. So your liver is functioning better. Everything's functioning better. Now, again, I'm not an expert in nutrition, but just based on my guests and based on my research personally, and what I do for me personally, just to keep, you know, to keep up, you know, and we try to do these things. You also mentioned something about the Mediterranean diet and you're right. You know, fish is healthy, you know, the veg vegetables and stuff. Olive oil is a big deal, you know, in, in, in a whole culture, you know, level. And it's just multiple, you know, diets uh, or ver varieties of diets around the Mediterranean. And all those things work and, 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 and moderate stuff. You know, again, you said it. I love what you said. You know, we, we're humans. We can cheat and we can have a little taste of something, but it's just in, in moderation. And I think that's the biggest, you know, piece of here is that we need to do this correctly. We need to be aware of this stuff, but don't go one extreme versus the other. If we can combine all these things, as we said earlier about the, you know, the different foundations, the life should be smooth. Now that leads me to one, one key element. We talked about food, nutrition, maybe even like, you know, how to, you know, kind of de-stress, right? And by the way, I love that what you said about stress. It's funny because I, I have a show on Fridays uh, once a month with Dr. Heim and uh, his psychiatrist, well, you know, renowned psychiatrist. And, and one of the things we did the last show was uh, about, we talked about stress, that was a question. And he did an exercise about actually meditation and breathing. And, and that's exactly his advice. Under stress, that actually changes the dynamics of how you be, you know, and you feel. And so it's amazing that you said it, and we just did that exercise, you know, and we did it live on, on, the, on the show. So, so people can see that, that benefit itself, you know, to take a pose and just breathe in, breathe out, and do it. And, and he has it in a particular format that really works. And so so these, these are elements that can help 
first of all, women, as we talk about menopause, and but but anybody, literally, if you really want to stay healthy, these are all good things. There's nothing that we mentioned here that's bad for you. <laughs> and actually, probably even better because your pocket probably be also better because I don't think you'll spend more money buying a lot of stuff that you don't need. Uh, so there's financial gain there as well. But then, so now that leads me to the the ultimate, you know, piece of this this whole uh, concept, right? The exercise part. Is there any particular exercise that you recommend, or at least that you think, or a combination of exercises or forms of fitness, you know, modules that you can uh, share with us, with the audiences, especially women that are going through menopause and and or are in the post uh, menopausal uh, stage. Yeah, what what I would say, I'm I'm not a, a personal trainer, or uh, you know, I don't I don't have a, a, a background or education in fitness. But however, the the what I would recommend to my clients, if I really think that they need a lot of help in that area, I would recommend them to a, a personal trainer to to go and get advice. A personal trainer that specialises in because there are personal trainers that specialize in menopause or midlife uh, women. But the, one of the key things that you really need to look after is your bone health and your muscle health when, when we come into perimenopause because of the effects that the lack of estrogen have. We lose muscle mass and we lose bone mass. And it's it's been shown in studies that, you know, lifting, doing strength exercises it's crucial for, for women as we get older to really keep your bones strong. So, so I think with exercise, it's all about doing something that you enjoy and that you can fit into your, your routine. You don't have to go to a gym and spend hours there. As long as you're doing something that is, is you know, that you're lifting things, you're, you're doing strength training uh, is, is key for maintaining muscles and, and bone mass. And, and also cardiovascular health, you know, you need to do something to, to increase the, the, your pulse to, to make sure you have a good uh, cardiovascular system. And again, that's finding something that works for you. It's been shown in research with exercise that it's not it, doing high intensity exercise, short bursts of high intensity exercise are also very beneficial uh, in moderation. You don't want to take you know be working out too extreme because that can have a detrimental effect that can cause stress on the body because you know estrogen is is such a key hormone in muscle health and it also has an effect on what we call the mitochondria which are it's like the energy part of the cell so we can find when we come into perimenopause and menopause that we don't actually have as much energy you know if you used to be able to go out running all of a sudden you can feel like what's happening I, I don't have that same energy that I used to have and that that again is is maybe down to you know the estrogen declining so I think strength training for for muscle and bone health key for menopausal women very important you know get go to a personal trainer or or find some exercises that suit you there's loads of things that you can do at home uh, there's there's great uh, amounts of free information out on uh, YouTube with with personal trainers that could, that can help you with that, and then finding something that you know increases your pulse as well, and, but do that in in moderation. Thank you, Alison. And and it's, I just wanted to to ask you about a couple of things. One is since you're talking about this, I mean, 
there is a, I guess, misconception maybe where, you know, uh, if you do lift weight, you're going to get too much muscle and you're going to be mentally looking all this stuff. You know, can we bust that myth out of here? Because, <laughs> you know, I, th I don't think that's the case, but, but you know, uh, what's, what's your, I mean, you work with people today and um, mm -hmm. what, what would you do? To, what would you tell people if they tell you like, I, I don't want to, you know, get so muscular because I'm going to do some lifting? <laughs> no, I mean, that that doesn't happen. You know, for you, what we want to do is just to keep your muscles in good shape, keep them there. We're not we're not building muscles. It's it's actually very difficult to build muscle. Very, very difficult. Uh, so that it, you will not build muscle if you're doing a, a strength training in a gym or at home we're looking at keeping and toning and, and getting those muscles in in good shape and you know maybe you might get a little bit more definition on the body but you're certainly not going to be like Massive. growing muscles <laughs> uh, good good well i get because that's always like something like you know one of the the fears you know like well i don't want to i'm a woman i want to look a certain look and by the way there's no specific look because i mean there are body you know building you know uh, women and they excel on that but but the average person may say you know what that's not how i want to look i want or you know sometimes they the opposite they want to look like a model form whatever but there's there's that condition in there you know in terms of how people do and obviously they can do whichever way but but the idea is a fear of like you know i do uh, uh cardio workout i do everything else but i don't want to lift weights i think that's really the challenge where people get a little stuck on uh thank you for clarifying because to your point this is not about becoming you know you're not going to to go into one of those competitions and do like you know the whole body you know muscle you know uh parts this is about just toning the muscles keeping them nice in shape and and and, and in strength and and really robust enough to keep you and, and you mentioned also bone uh now now bone how do we work on that i mean there's that's a probably a question like you know how do i keep my bones strong i mean does the exercise itself work or there's something else that i need to do and that leads me also to a question about supplements do you have any uh you know are you for or are you against or are there are there some some advices that we can have on supplements on this uh, in this particular uh, case yeah bone bone health is, is crucial and it's shown as, as women as we get older the the increasing in there's an increasing rate in osteoporosis so we lose our bone density because estrogen is a key hormone for bone health uh, so doing strength training helps to keep the bones dense key i mean very very important uh, to do that and as far as nutritionally wide you know you want to be getting calcium vitamin d and vitamin k uh, and magnesium you know you need to to work on bone health you need all these different minerals and vitamins so getting them from uh, food i always say food first is is best you know calcium is is available in many look green leafy vegetables in in dairy products in um fish you know if you buy like tuna and all, all the smaller fish mackerel where you can actually eat the bones brilliant um source of uh, calcium vitamin d can be a bit tricky to get through food it's not actually available in many food sources you can find small amounts in eggs and, and fatty fish it's probably about the only supplement i don't know what it's like where you live hurricane but in in europe it it's in some of the european countries the government actually recommends that people take a vitamin d supplement because also where you're living if you're living in a more of a, a darker 
mm-hmm. uh, climate. Like I live in Sweden and in the winter months, it's very dark. You, you can't produce the vitamin D that you need because you can also produce it from sunlight. Uh, so vitamin D crucial for, for many things, but bone health is one of them. And then vitamin K, they kind of all work together in synergy to, to keep your bones in really good shape. So just taking calcium supplements on its own is not something that, that I would recommend because it, one, it doesn't really help to increase bone density and it can be detrimental so that's something that has been shown in, in research that calcium supplements, you know, aren't always recommended to people because of what the effects that they can have on the body. You have to, if you think of your body's like a very fine tuned machine and you really have to get all these vitamins and minerals in, in place in the right balance for them to have the effect that they need. So in, in answer to your question about supplementation as, as a nutritional therapist, I I would never recommend that people just wildly go out and buy an array of supplements because, you know, you have to think, why am I taking them? You don't know if you if you're just taking supplements because you read or you you saw on the television that this is good for this. But I mean, you don't know that you're deficient. So what I do with my clients is that we would always get all that, you know, testing done if, if I felt that maybe that was needed and then if you see that you're deficient in any of these supplements, then, of course, that's OK. But supplementation can put unnecessary stress on your body, depending on what supplements you're taking. So it's, it's an area that I would be very careful about. And, and obviously, the quality of supplementation that, that people take, there's a huge range in, in the, the quality of supplements you know, some of the supplements you can buy that if they say that they contain this, this amount of this ingredients and, and when they're actually looked at, they don't really contain any of it. So it's, it's a huge, huge market supplementation. There's a lot of money involved in it. So you really have to be careful what, what you buy and buy. If, if you're going to take supplementation for whatever reason and buy a very good quality one. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing. I mean, that's a lot of powerful stuff that you just shared there because again, the reason I'm asking is that just to clarify for people, because sometimes people do get confused about this and you're right. You know, people will take stuff uh, just because it's there and they just keep taking it, but they may not be deficient. Maybe they overdose on those things and can have some adverse reactions. And, and, and I love what you said about, you know, recommending to go to a doctor first before anything else to ensure that, you know, you have some testing to see what areas you need to work on. I mean, in physicals, for example, uh, you know, typically they look at vitamin D and B12 and, and those are, you know, good, good ones that usually are being looked at. I mean, obviously, if you want to do a more thorough uh, count of all your vitamins and stuff, there's definitely more stuff that can be done. But I appreciate the, the way you do it. I mean, it's not like, you know, this is not a blanket, you know, everybody's, you know, uh, going to be the same. Everybody is uh, separate and individual and you have to deal with them uniquely and make sure that it's it's really tailored to their needs. Thank you so much for that. Um, so, so uh, we've talked about nutrition. We've talked about the, the little bit of exercise and we, and, and we talked about, you know, the health. And you mentioned, by the way, I'm sorry, you mentioned something about the vitamin D specifically. And you're right. You know, I mean, obviously if you're in, in an area where there's more sun, you know, you're more, you have more access. If not, definitely you want to, you know, compensate. And I think I, I, here in the States, uh, even though we have a lot of sun, I think even here, there's a, a known fact that there is a deficiency in vitamin D across. So I don't think it's, this is just in Europe. I think uh, probably in some areas more than 
others, but but certainly this is something that is standard across all all, all different you know areas around the world, and at least the northern the northern hemisphere I think is all the same. <laughs> so so, well, thank you. So so now we talked about all this. Uh, is there anything in our lifestyle that 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 could also change you know the uh, the uh, the outcomes here and help uh, women during the menopause and the postmenopause st- uh, stage? Yeah, lifestyle is, well, stress, we've spoken about, that's key. Uh, Sleep, you can really find as you go into perimenopause and menopause that your sleep can be affected because you can, if you suffer from hot flashes, uh, you can have what we call night sweats, where, you know, you wake up in the the night and you're you're sweating and this can really uh, interrupt your sleep patterns. And sleep is so, as we know, you know, how beneficial sleep is for us it's so beneficial for health so if you find that you're waking up during perimenopause and menopause you really need to think okay i'm going to get some support i'm going to really get something done about this because it kind of has a knock-on effect if you're not sleeping it's like a vicious circle because if you're not sleeping it affects our hunger hormones. There's two hunger hormones, one called ghrelin and one called leptin. Leptin is our satiety hormone. And that's, that's what tells our body when we've eaten that, okay, I'm satisfied now, you can stop eating. Whereas ghrelin is the hunger hormone. That's kind of what makes your, your stomach growl and t- tells you to eat. And lack of sleep and also the combination of lack of sleep and the decline in estrogen can affect these hunger hormones and and have they can start being unbalanced so you you can you can be very hungry and you're not getting this the satiety hormone telling you to stop eating so you can find that your appetite can increase a lot if you're not sleeping uh, you can be irritable you can be moody you know and, and you also crave carbohydrates you really do crave sugary things the day after if you haven't slept. So sleep is certainly something that, that you really need to, to think about. And also, I think, you know, on, on talking about lifestyle, really being kind to yourself and taking small steps, realizing that you can't do everything at once. Think, okay, I'm just going to, for example, for the next two or three weeks, I'm going to drink water every day because the majority of us don't drink enough water i think what i see with my clients is that you have to make small habit changes otherwise if you try and overhaul everything in one go it's it's not going to work because we, we'll do it for a bit and then we lose motivation and then we go back to our old habits so really just doing small little things to to put in place that you know that you can sustain and, and do Otherwise, it just it's a disappointment, isn't it? That you try something, and then you're going back to your old habits. So that I mean, it, it's difficult. It, it is it is difficult to change habits. You know, we're all we're, we all think that. But you really a, a good tip for habit changing is um, to tag if you're trying to do a new habit to tag it on to a habit that you already do so to to clear that to make that clear for example if we say brushing our teeth that that is something that we automatically do and we would never miss doing it would we that that is a proper ingrained habit so say for example um you wanted to start doing some press-ups you're gonna you your goal is you're gonna do 10 press-ups every day if you 
incorporate that into the brushing the teeth. Okay, I'm going to do 10 press ups every day before I brush my teeth. And it's been shown in research that kind of tagging a new habit onto an old one, it, it works much better. When you go and put the kettle on in the morning, if you're having coffee or tea in the morning, while the kettle's boiling, you know, if you've got some weights in the kitchen or, or whatever, do, do some sit-ups on the kitchen floor while the kettle's boiling. It, it works. It's really fascinating <laughs> habits. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, thank you. That, that's actually a great, great, uh, you know, tool to, to use. I mean, for, for everybody watching and listening right now, I think we can do a lot of things in our life if we, 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 we tag them to something to your point that we do on a routine basis. So this is like, you know, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think I want to use that thing <laughs> myself here. So I think I'd stop me, but um, so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you, but it was just like, so, so much trying to hear it. So <laughs> go ahead. No, it's, 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 I think habits are fascinating. That's something that I work with a lot with, with my clients because it's all very well, you know, telling people what, you know, it would be good if we did this for you. It'd be good. If, but it's actually doing it that is the hard part. You know, people need the support to, to keep this habit change or lifestyle change in place because it's that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? It's about changing the way we behave to incorporate new, healthier lifestyle habits that will in, incre increase your uh, happiness or weight management or whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in life. Well, thank you, Alison. And, and, and I think with all that, that, that also ties into like the, the, the cadence or the, 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 how you apply these things and, you know, cause you can't go crazy on these things and changes overnight. Cause that's not going to work because again, this is a long-term commitment. This is not something you're going to do like everything else. If you do it only briefly and it's not going to get the results and even if you see results they're going to go back to where they were or worse the idea is that you have to maintain this on, on an ongoing basis now uh is there an exercise something that can help people maybe to to or to plan you know their their, their days weeks months and you know and just have these things in place for them uh you know that that you have seen actually in 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 work yeah small steps definitely is don't try to do everything at once. That is really key because if you do, it, you, you, you just be overwhelmed and you'll stop doing it. So one thing that is very useful when we're talking about nutrition is to do like write, keep a, a food diary because then you can actually see what you're eating. It's actually quite fascinating for people to see what they're eating because you don't really, <laughs> you know, you're not really aware of what you're eating, but when you write it down every day, you can think, gosh, did I eat that? Did I eat that? You know, and you have to be truthful when you write it down. So writing down what you eat, a food diary is a very good way because that it's written down there. And also writing um, like a journal, like a, a, a lot of people write what we call a gratitude journal or, or a journal of, of what you've done for yourself that day. Because uh, that when you see that, it actually makes you feel good. And you, and you think, yeah, I managed to do that today. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. It's all about small steps because small steps lead to big results. You know, and realizing that you can't overhaul your whole life in a week. It's, it's a lifestyle change. I'm going to live my life so I have a happy next phase when we go into postmenopause. And that's my choice. And that's what I'm going to do. I think you, you obviously have to be quite, you have to decide you're going to do this and be motivated to do it. But, you know, you have to realize that you're worth it. You want to have a healthy, happy life. 
What you do, I mean, technically, you know, if you're not healthy, life doesn't matter really. You you want to live that 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 vibrant and enjoy every single moment and 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 be able to do things. I mean, some people, you know, they they have kids and they can manage the kids eventually because they can't possibly their energy level is low, things like that. So that changes. They can't even do. I mean, maybe at work it's affecting them. You know, maybe a relationship is affecting them. There's there's many things that can be, uh, you know, uh, impacted with how the decision is is you know made and and who is who is going to be impacted by that decision so so thank you for share for for really emphasizing on that you know commitment part and being able to to really understand this is for you and 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 if you're good everybody around you is good <laughs> you know <laughs> and i guess the the outcome of that will be like everybody is enjoying being with you and life gets better but i think you 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 focused on a key element of mindset because this is also, it's all about how you see yourself, where you want to see yourself and how you, you can make those, those shifts that are necessary to, to get you, you know, and, and I love what you said about writing it down because you're right. If we don't see it, you know, out of mind, out of, I mean, out of, out of side of the mind, this is exactly the same. But if you see it every day now, oh my God, this is like, you know, I'm doing, and you can see a graph, like you can even graphically, you know, see like your improvements. I'm here, I'm here, I'm doing more and more. So, and then eventually it gets to a point where you're in a routine mode and that's, that's really where you want to be. Um, so, so Alison, I know uh, we're almost coming up to the end of the show here. You, you do have, you do work across the globe, I guess, you know, so uh, how can we have people reach out to you if they need to get advice and work with you? Yes, the best way really to, to, to reach out to me is, is via my website, which is alisonblard.com. Uh, on the website, I have a resources page with lots of free downloads. Very, We were talking about the Mediterranean diet, for example, and I've got a, a meal plan and recipes and really giving you some ideas of how to get going with, with everything that I've spoken about. So, you know, do if your listeners want to download anything there, then feel free. If anyone wants to contact me, if anyone has any questions, then my email address is on my website. You know, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. And I also offer free what, what I call discovery calls where, where I can talk to you and, and really, you know, discuss your health goals and, and give you advice on you know, how we can move forward with that. And I'm on all uh, social media platforms. Uh, if you look for Alice and Blard, you'll find me. All right. Well, well, listen, again, the, the website uh, link will be on the description show so people can reach out to you directly. Uh, and certainly, listen, I mean, uh, you are providing a service and uh, you're helping people one one day at a time, one person at a time. And, uh, you know, there's a need for that. And I think uh, sometimes we don't know where to, 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 who do we reach out to? And hopefully uh, our platform here and, and your access in uh, having access to you will help, you know, some folks around. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm assuming again through Zoom, right? So this is, this is easy to, to do with anybody. And uh, so technology makes it a lot easier these days. So I, you know, it's always appreciated. Um, well, so any last advice, you know, for today's show? I would say to, to women that, you know, embrace this next phase of your life. Don't, uh, I always try to get my clients and, and when I talk to women to, to not be negative about uh, perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause, because it is a total natural process. Every single woman in the world will go through this, but you don't have to suffer. Suffering is not a natural process. So ask for help, ask for support, get the information that you need so you can really improve your health. And, and 
you know, embrace this next period of 30 plus years and, and enjoy yourself. Go out there and have fun. <laughs> I, that, that is the greatest advice that we can have. I mean, I, thank you, you know, for sharing that and, and, and really have fun. Life is worth it. You're worth it. Um, so, Allison, as always, it's a true pleasure and I'm always learning new stuff and uh, it's an engaging, you know, discussion. And I think we've covered a lot of grounds with people. So ladies out there, now now we we have the expert, you have some of the expertise, you know, at least the headlines and, and, and the topics that you need to, to look into it. Please reach out to Allison and see how you guys, she can help you, you know, be better and go through this phase and, and, and really just prevail and, and succeed and, you know, through it and be happy and healthy. Uh, that being said, folks, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm Hurricane Age. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. Bye.